You're listening to Not Another Origin Story, the comic book movie podcast. I'm your host, Pogues, and as always, I'm joined by my co-host, Ben Chapman. It's me, Ben, the co-host that um, Pogues deserves, but not the one... No, um, hold on. Uh, I'm, the, I'm the co-host that is better than... No, wait, hold on. I got this. Um, it's simple. We kill the Batman. No, oh, damn it. I fucked it up. I fucked it up. All right, is this like your roundabout way of telling me you're about to retire? Yes. I, there we go. Poof. Yeah, I killed a man, and um, you can pin the crime on me, and I'm going to run away into the night on my, my I, motorcycle. I feel like the end of this movie, <laughs> like when it came out, was like, all right, yeah, I, I, I kind of get it. It's still a confusing decision to make. But then when Dark Knight Rises comes out, and they're like, no, he quit that night being the Batman. It's like, wait, what? This fucking movie series is stupid. <laughs> like, Dark Knight Rises ruins so much of this series by having batman just be like whoa, whoa i had whoa, a good whoa, run whoa. that year and a half <laughs> whoa 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 pokes we will cover we will cover how you feel about the dark knight rises at a different time but tonight we are excited about one movie and That's that movie right. is a movie that is oh wait what <laughs> we are covering a movie that's um so good that i think it's boring to be into it you know what i mean mm-hmm. that makes sense yeah it's like saying like, you like it kind of sucks yeah, exactly. Or being like, boy, I sure enjoy the original Star Wars trilogy. It's like, oh, cool. Whoa, what a okay. unique individual you are. Now you've gone too far. As you've talked about my greatest joy in life, you son of a bitch. I feel like this was a right, real personal attack. If you sat down like like like, like, like a like a, a blind date and, like, and then someone was like, so tell me about you. You'd be like, uh, well, I uh, I enjoy the Star Wars films. Yeah, it's like, no, that's literally cool. my you've start. told. Is You've I, told me nothing. I've learned nothing about. I've I list them in the less. order that I enjoy them. You've become less of an individual now. You've you've become grayer. Like I've lost I've lost a hold on your individuality, like because of that comment. You had you had a negative progress. Even towards becoming even when I rate them from nuanced. worst to best. Wow, this is no wonder I've been having so many. Okay, bad. let's go through it. Okay, so number one, Attack of the Clones. Attack of the Clones two, is, the, is the worst. F- 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 no, best Phantom Menace. And then, uh, <laughs> so we should probably get started soon. Uh, we should probably get started right now with talking about this film because fuck uh, my God, it's a long one. I kind of forgot that it was a long one until I started it and was like, whoa, I f- there's so much in here. I would like to tell a quick anecdote about this movie though. I, I really Please. like, uh, the dark Knight all the way up until like the last 15, 20 minutes. By the way, we're covering the dark Knight. <clears throat> yes. In case we, <laughs> we made it very confusing and unclear. I love this movie. Uh, I, you know what riff tracks are, right? Uh, yes. Mike and the two guys who did the the voices for the machines from Mystery Science Theater 3000. They do a thing where they sell podcasts of popular movies doing Mystery Science Theater over them, except for they call them riff tracks. I have the Dark Knight one, and I have a I synced them with the movie as like a file that I used to listen to and like watch at work, but. I had seen the movie so many times, I could just listen to it and know what was happening. And so I would watch it continue, like, all the time at work when I was just like, I don't know what else to do. Like, I'm out of new podcasts. I'll just watch The Dark Knight again. And I have one for Jaws and all this stuff. So now I cannot watch this movie without remembering, like, 90% of the Rift Tracks jokes, <laughs> which makes the movie very hard to watch now. Because, like, in the back of my mind, I just keep, I, like, chuckle to myself it, constantly. It's also going to make this uh, comedy podcast commentary on the movie hard to do without uh, plagiarizing content oh. from that. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be real hard. Um, um, I, I will say that one thing that I started writing down when we started doing the, 
the uh, episode. We probably can't go scene by scene like we normally do because, again, this no, is very yeah, long. No, yeah, it's but, a very long movie. But but sort of like and concept really by concept. Um, I, I noticed something right away, which is that The Dark Knight uh, uh, came out, obviously, after Batman Begins, but it came out in 2008, which I think was sort of really, in the grand scheme of things, early in the ramp up to the kind of superhero hype that we're at now. Because Iron Man was when? Um, was that 2000? It was 2008 as well. So this was the year that the MCU yeah, officially I, I, started. I think so Batman this... Begins had sort of revitalized. Like I think yes. Blade, the Blade movies had kind of done well earlier, the Spider-Man movies. And I think Batman Begins was sort of like, hey, remember comic book movies? We're coming back and this is like serious and people really liked it. And it was like a big event. And I think that this was sort of the Dark Knight, I think, really skyrocketed superhero yeah but it, it's interesting because as 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 superhero movie archaeologists we've become i learned that something that the late 90s and the early 2000 superhero mil- movies couldn't stop fucking doing was an opening narration sequence was being like hey it's me spider-man boy life is pretty crazy when you're spider-man like that was like every fucking movie we've done from the 2000s yeah, yeah a lot of voiceovers movie. Lot of voiceovers, lot of really just sort of like, and then I, and then it went right into a real sort of um, very expecting, a very very easy to ex- easy to anticipate plot with like a single villain being like, I have a bomb that's a, a globe bomb, it's gonna blow the globe up. Yeah, well, God forbid anybody just like rob a bank. Yeah, it was all very like it. It definitely had a, a, a specific arc. A lot of them were stable good arcs. Like we talk about the Spider Man. Uh, Tobey Maguire Spider-Man movies being really good archetypes for superhero movies, but The Dark Knight, I think, was one of the first ones that decided to take superheroes and like be also apply a different genre, which we've also talked about being a really yeah. successful thing with like Logan and some of the other uh, movies that I can't think of right now that 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 take on aspects of other pre-existing movie genres and then apply it to a comic book. Which I mean, this one, if I were to make a, if I were to make that connection, would be like this is a noir movie. Yeah. It's very. I, I feel like this too was sort of the introduction of, uh, you know, you had like Tim Burton's Batman, and it's like, it's it's like a comic book movie, even if it's not very true to the comic book. You know what I mean? But yes. it's very comic book esque. It's not like a Gotham is like this absurd city that's ninety percent giant statues people live in somehow. And, like, it's really weird. <laughs> and you've got, like, Blade and Spider-Man are, like, just versions of the comics. Like, they do a good job. And I think Batman Begins was, like, the start of being, like, well, what if Batman was, like, actually more realistic? Like, what if this guy was really Batman? Like, this is the real world. This is the world we live in. But there's Batman. So the Scarecrow isn't, like, this guy who runs around dressed as a Scarecrow. He wears this mask because it scares people when he sprays them with this chemical he's been working on because he's a psychiatrist and all this stuff. And you're, like, it's still a stretch. And the whole, uh, whatever, I can't remember the name of the bad guys and the, what the name of that group is. Anyways. In what? The, what's the name of, like, the shadow group? I forget what they're called. The one Ra's al Ghul runs. I can't remember what they're actually called oh, in Batman Begins. Kinda... But I feel like the Dark Knight was the one that was the most, like, what would be, like, a real-life version of the Joker? Like, not this, like, over-the-top cartoon character version, but, like... What would what would it be if there was like a real person who was just mentally insane and dressed like a clown for some reason? And that's shadows. And I will say that's one of the things that I think makes 
this movie works so well. Thank you, Ad League of Shadows. Um, one of the things that makes this movie work so well is um, they never bother to explain who the Joker is. And I think that is actually like a really, really good move in this movie. Because a lot of times sequels are two end origins. You know what I mean? Like yep. they have to explain where the next villain comes from. Spider-Man 2, the whole opening act of that movie is to set up who Doc Ock is before he becomes Doc Ock. You know, Iron Man 2, they have to set up, uh, in Iron Man 3, they set up the bad guys in the first act of the movie, why they don't like Tony Stark and all this. And it's like, you get these backstories, but like, this movie is just like, yeah, this dude's just crazy. I don't fucking know why. Do you know why most people are crazy? Like, he, he he's just psychotic. You know, it's, he's like tons of people who have mental illness, unfortunately. He just doesn't deal with it well you know and i think that really works because instead of getting like this story about you know the background of the joker and who he is which is great if you're a comic fan i don't think you need it in the movie and i think it makes him such a more interesting yeah. character because you never but get like you're like why the fuck is he the way he is here's the thing we get we do get an origin story but not <laughs> of the characters pl- like like the characters plot but we get origins stories kind of 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 who, what kind of characters they are because yeah. right away, the first sequence in the movie is the bank robbery sequence, which is a perfect encapsulation of the Joker character. He's um, Once you realize that he's part of this whole operation and that he's convinced different individuals to kill other individuals, which is both unempathetic and terrifying, but also requires an immense amount of planning yes, and strategy. Yes, it, it would never work. <laughs> like, oh, of course. So we'll absurd, get to that in a second. But... Of course. But, but so does every plot in every page that was penned with the joker on it in the history of time from since when dawn first began has ever joker plan ever made an ounce of fucking sense but um the point is that he's it's an intricate complex plan that in the movie's logic works beautifully and allows the joker to both be incredibly unempathetic and incredibly vicious and also incredibly well planned which is what you need to know about the joker to understand him as a character the first scene we get of batman is him in the garage sequence in this movie and of course you have the other movie but if we just talk about this one alone the first sequence you get is him showing up and ambushing two separate groups all of which are creating a multitude of complications but he still manages to sift through them and not kill anyone which is extremely hard to do while also catching what, like basically two villains and a bunch of vigilantes. And then right after that, the first scene we get is uh, of Dent is him in the courtroom being cocky, being uh, righteous, and then being nearly killed and remaining his composure to continue being a character for justice. So it's like we get the three major characters that are going to define this movie defined in the first three fucking scenes of the movie, which is just chef's kiss like, i mean it's we don't waste time with being like why is the joker got a face on like, yeah and that's we don't waste time with i, I you know, and i think that works so well because like you said is there's no backstory to be like uh, the first da in like a throwaway scene in batman begins gets killed he gets shot and nobody really brings it up for the rest of the movie it's really weird but in this they're just like yeah he's the new da there's you don't need to know anything else about him like you said he's cocky yeah. he's up for justice and even in the face of, like, being murdered, he's like, no, I'm still going to try to prosecute and this more, guy. And more importantly, we don't get a, a scene with someone, like, walking down the hallway being like, have you, have you met Dent yet? He's cold, calculating, and out for justice. Like, we don't just yeah. get some dumbass telling us that. We see him in the courtroom scene just being a badass, and then we get, oh, I, I now get the players. So it's, it's, it's the perfect... You could walk into this movie knowing almost nothing about any of this, and this would sort of make sense. Like, I mean... The, 
the, the, the criminal mastermind, the hero, and then like the intermediate. Yeah, you know, exactly. Uh, you, if you had no idea of Joker's backstory or who he really was, you would still enjoy the movie because they round out his which character we don't. really well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and um, I mean they do something really cool, which is they they give the Joker two origin stories, but they're both stories he tells, and they are wildly different stories. And they're untrustworthy, yeah. Yeah, so you're like, oh, he's just crazy. Like, there is no, like, in his mind, I don't think he knows why he's the way he is. Like, I think in his mind, both those stories are true. Like, he's just mentally unstable, but with, like, a purpose. Like, he's, like, a psychopathic, like, sociopath. Like, he doesn't, you know, he's goal-oriented, but he's real fucking crazy, which is great. And, I mean, I remember when they announced Heath Ledger was going to be the Joker. I was like, oh, my God, this movie's going to be terrible. It didn't sound right at all. I just thought of, like, uh, what's the night movie he's in? A Knight's Uh, Tale. A Knight's Tale. I thought of that, and I was like, well, this is a weird choice. Yeah, and I was like, like, oh, ten things I hate about you. I was like, really? This is the guy? And then I remember when they did the makeup test, I was like, oh, they're not just going to do regular Joker. They have to, like, try to make him edgy. And I was like, this is really going to suck. And the first trailer where you just hear his voice, I didn't like. But I got to say, like, I think he... So much so that I really don't think they should put Joker in movies anymore. Because I'm like, I I, don't think they can ever match how well he played the character without somebody just trying to imitate it. And then people always be like, well, they're just imitating Heath Ledger. So I'm like, just get rid of him. Because, like, Jared Leto I felt, was terrible yeah. in Suicide I felt that Squad. way when they, when they announced that they were going to be doing more Batman movies. I was like, I was like what are you going to do? Because we've done, the, we've done the, camp, the camp Batman to death. We murdered that. Mm-hmm. And then we did this gritty, real, like, believable-ish, believable-ish, like, uh, grounded Batman. Um, what the fuck are you going to do? Like, what's left? Like, I mean, it's just like, and I think that's what ground also, can you cover? I think that's also the problem is, is like with these movies is they're like, we want to do more stuff with the Joker. And it's like, look, there's been two perfect versions of the Joker already done. And so you can never redo them. Like Mark Hamill's the Joker in Batman animated series is pitch. Like to me, that's like the comic Joker, the insane sure. clown Joker who is the mirror of Batman. Two people who went insane. One decided he would be a killer because he could. The other decided he should stop crying because he could. They, they're the same person. They play that perfect Mark Hamill's version of the Joker's voice and everything is amazing. He's just like a great character and those episodes are amazing. So you're like, you've got like the quintessential comic version of him. Then you've got Heath Ledger's like, ooh, this is the more artsy, unique, interesting version, real life. And it's like, so... You can never, you're never going to beat either one of those. So the only yeah. thing you can do is ape them, and then they're always going to be disappointing, or you're going to get Jared Leto, which is trying to do something so different just to be different that it just comes off as trying way too hard and being done way too poorly. So what was interesting is I watched, uh, I watched some background, since we're talking about the, 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 this interpretation of the Joker, I watched some background videos catching up to this, and the one I found so crazy interesting is... I think it was IGN got um, the makeup artist, uh, Caglione, who worked on, like, Dick Tracy. Remember, like, the fucking oh, crazy he, shit in Dick can't Tracy? Can't wait till we do that. Uh, it's going to be nuts. He worked on a bunch of famous movies. He's an incredibly, like, like, like remarkable, like, uh, costumer and, and, and makeup artist. Um, and he was describing how he worked on with Heath Ledger and with Christopher Nolan to come up with the Joker's whole whole deal. And he kept talking about how he, his inspiration that him and Nolan came up with was, was what if the Joker spent every day in that makeup? 
Like, what would he look like if he slept in it and woke up the next day and went out? And, like, what would, yeah. what would he look like? And that's what they try to capture, which is why it's always so shitty. It's always, like, uh, uh, um, really, like, really, really like, like, missing in places. It's kind of, like, rubbing off. Like in the, Yeah, in the idea, too, scenes. I remember they said was, like, this guy is, like, a mental patient. And he's applying yeah. makeup to himself. It's, like... He doesn't have the tools. It's not like he owns makeup brushes. He's just right. doing it with his hands. Which is why it's ridiculous that like the Jared Leto one had like I'm I'm crazy tattooed on his fucking forehead. It's like just yeah. picture the Joker in a fucking tattoo chair. Like just exactly. imagine you that can't for like, have a half both. second. You, you can't do gangster Joker with crazy Joker. It has to be one or the other. He either has to be insane right. or he has to be a mobster. You can't it's like the thing where they like make the penguin like he's supposed to be like reviled because he's so ugly, but he's also supposed to be like this really like up class like so it's like you can't have both he either needs to be disgusting or he needs to be like really up class and that's but, but what i shit on but i kept like a pain <laughs> what i kept reading about uh about this movie that made made it uh that, that didn't surprise me at all and i think was one of the reasons that it was so successful as we're i mean we can talk about the what we feel about the other movie but why these were like uh, especially cin- in terms of cinematography and like character design they were beautiful films is that um this Caglione guy, the, the makeup guy and the costuming guy, said that he was never given direct orders or direct, like, like demands as to what the Joker should look like. He was given lots of points of inspiration from Nolan and then given nothing else. And he was told that he had a creative control over that part of the movie. So he was given, like, a bunch of portraits from, like, Francis Bacon that are these weird sort of, like... Um, um, incomplete faces that are like smudged and smeared, which is sort of like where you get some of like the makeup style from, and uh, uh, and, he, and and other things, and that's kind of I think uh, an excellent technique that I think because we talk about like bad movies, it's usually because one person was given like full yeah, so you know, like, somebody puts too much control. control into it, and I think that's yeah. where Nolan the George shines. Lucas syndrome yeah is you know I, um, I I think that's what makes these movies good, but also what can make them bad we, you know we'll, we'll talk about the third one eventually but i that's something i love about this movie is the joker but uh, there's so some there's some couple. there's some misses later on i think that like in rewatching it i'm like i i forgot how much i dislike mo- like huge chunks of this movie there are times that i'm i was I, I wish there could have been a little extra cutting but i think for me it's pretty minimal it's i think we both agree that the last 10 minutes or I so don't need the two-faced clumsy story if you're just gonna uh, wrap it up it's cl- I, I wish that it was I wish more I wish ambiguous what happened to him and well I wish it would have been he just disappeared and they're like we can't yeah. find him and the movie right. would end with them being like we're gonna have to pretend like he's dead and then right. the third movie would have been he shows up and he's like I'm gonna ruin Gotham I'm gonna continue the Joker's work and all this, and I, I yeah. think that would have been way better than the the stupid idea of bringing back the League of Shadows and the need to blow up Gotham as if it's gonna fix the world, which is the stupidest plot point of all these movies. The idea that I if you really ruin a city, liked... the world gets better. It's like no, that's not what happens. One of my favorite scenes in this entire movie is, or I guess that's probably exaggerating, but one of my favorite shots in this entire movie is Joker's monologue hanging upside down from the crane after he's fought Batman at the top of that skyscraper. Yeah. Like, it's right after the, the fairy sequence didn't yeah, right go, the, go the way he planned. And you've got uh, the Joker shot upside down in a rotating camera, uh, switching back to a, um, uh, uh, or flash cutting back to Batman in a steady, in a, in a stable camera on an even angle, which is like the most, like 
film film 101 but genius yeah. like, way, to, way to handle two characters and then that leads you to and right before that you have the sort of the montage intercut of uh of dent getting revenge and like shooting the gangsters shooting um the cop that uh that betrayed him and betrayed rachel all this stuff and so you could just say he's in the wind and the Joker's caught, and I would have been, I think, happy, honestly. And the movie would have yeah. been shorter. I would have enjoyed if, if they had set up to make Dent the villain for the next movie. Because they spent I, so much time yeah. building him up to then wrap it up instantly. And the way they wrap it up, the, the thing that gets me is, like, the story they wanted to tell is Batman has to take credit for all the deaths that Two-Face caused. However, Two-Face killings take place while a mass murderer is on the loose terrorizing the city. You know how you Batman doesn't have to take the fall? Yeah, Joker killed that cop, I guess, in the bar. I don't know why. He's a mad... Like, he's insane. Like, there's no yeah. reason that they couldn't just pin all of that on the Joker or his thugs and just been like, yeah, they killed Dent, too. Boom, Batman doesn't have to retire. The city gets its hero still in, in Harvey Dent. And they don't vilify Batman, the only living hero they still have left. But for some reason, the movie ends with him saying he murdered a cop and then stopping being Batman, which is insane. Yeah. Which you do not learn until the next movie. Yeah, it is It is. It is a strange uh, ender. But let's, let's run through some, some chunks here because I don't want to just kind of glaze over the movie in macro. Um, so so starting starting quickly, just like wrapping up a couple of these things, the, the, the bank scene is probably, I mean, I'm just, it, it feels weird heaping praise in this movie just in general because it's already so just dripping in praise from like every person on the planet like we made it we made fun of earlier yes but like this bank robbery scene is just one of my fucking favorite like when i watched this in theaters the first time i was like boy am i gonna like this movie like i was just so it is what a like like i said earlier it's a great way to introduce the character but it's like it's like a, a, a mini heist with a couple yeah. of quirks to it and then you got fucking william Fitch, finchner yeah, just the man who just... is in every movie and i can never remember his name <laughs> i in case you're not knowing who i'm talking about that is the shotgun wielding uh, uh mob bank owner who comes out and it's just like a surprise fucking kick-ass scene stealer in this, this, this sequence like he's so good yeah and he sets I... up such like a good um like set up for the joker to then explain who he is and all this and about how gotham's like his little speech he gives sums up the movie like the the state of gotham in like exactly. two lines without being heavy-handed where he's like basically like yeah everything's fucked up because of like they're the mod the criminals aren't criminals anymore they're all weirdos something's gone wrong and you're just like oh okay i get it gotham's really going through some trouble and it's probably batman's fault for existing <laughs> Yeah, yeah, and, and 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 they establish that really quick with this wonderfully shot scene in the bank, and then like I said, um, we pop over right from there into the parking garage fight, which is funny because we get to see Batman with like a pointless gadget he never uses, like yes. that weird door the, the can opener, the the arm <laughs> yeah. can opener. Also, you get, the vi- you get the start of uh, the really bad Batman voice that makes most of what he says in this movie almost impossible to intelligent. Like, okay, the- so quick comment on that is i said that i probably was going to hate the voice in this movie and frankly i didn't notice it or have a problem with it for most of it but i think during the the, during the 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 tower hostage clown hostage rescue i don't know if he dials it up there but i cannot handle it during that sequence for some reason but every other time i seem to forget about it i will tell you this 
when he catches the guys in the there's there's a group of vigilantes who are pretending to be batman they're appearing all over gotham i guess like regular citizens dressing up like batman but like carrying guns and stuff and they go to stop these guys and batman beats them up and at the end he's got them and the the criminals including scarecrow tied up and he says you know don't let me catch you out here again and the guy says you know uh what gives you the right what do you think batman says as a reply do you know the scene I'm talking about when he's getting back in the Batmobile? Oh, it's like, a, yeah, what makes it different from the two of us? I have, uh, I'm not wearing hockey pads, is it? I saw this movie 15 times before I figured out that's what he was saying. Because he's like, I, I, I should ride your pads. And I, I was like, I, what I, the I, fuck I, I could he it. possibly be saying? It took I me forever. That line I never understood what he was saying. But it's like the start of his very, I, it's just a weird choice of the, the voice. It's not the worst part of the movie, but... That scene, and like you said, the the scene at the end where he's like... Also, the scene at the end is great because clearly doing the voice is like making him winded. Because he's like just standing there talking and he's not breathing heavy. But then when he starts talking, he's like... Just show you. It's like, dude, just talk normal. He knows that's not your real voice. It's like, who are you impressing at this point? It's just you and the that's Joker. Fair. He, could, he can really drop it. I mean, there's scenes in these movies where sometimes he takes the mask off. That's a scene where he could have pulled the mask off. Like, that's a scene where he could pull the mask off and drop the Batman thing. Which I always feel but, like he um, should have, just so the Joker would have been like, holy shit, you're Bruce Wayne, and been like, oh man, that's great. Yeah. And then Batman would have been like, nobody will ever believe you, and just put the hood back on. And, and, and so going back to the parking garage, uh, by the way, a location in Chicago where I will frequently get a salad. Uh, you get a <laughs> salad in a parking garage, Ben? In the ba- in the first floor is a bunch of restaurants. It's I, I only bring this one up because it is it is so exceedingly close to where I am every single fucking day that it's so funny to me to watch this movie. But they also use this garage uh, in the first one. It's where he drives up to the top of before driving over rooftops in the Rumbler in the mm. first Batman Begins. Uh, but but yeah, this is one of the scenes where I'm just like oh yeah, there's a fucking there's a fucking salad place <laughs> at the base of that thing that I, I go to sometimes. But I love it's the Batman garage. Um, the that's how I actually refer to it as a landmark. Place too, by the way. It's just a it's restaurant, a restaurant that, that just serves salad. salad. We got everything here in Chicago. It's down the street from my favorite pierogi place. Um, but, I get uh, pierogies. <laughs> Anyone can make a salad, bro. <laughs> that's fair. That's fair. Um, I almost wish there was. I want to. Uh, this isn't like a legitimate criticism. It's just like a comment. I want to know more about the Batman vigilantes. Like they're yeah. just very interesting. I want to. I want someone to film a short film of them like renting out a community center like like classroom to like have their like, yeah it's like their, an AA like, meeting, meeting but they're really just dressing <laughs> as batman yeah they just have like a chalkboard up and they keep telling tony to stop doing the batman voice only so, like, batman does that but, but <laughs> what i love is did you notice something about the casting of all of them um they're all sort of like frumpy they're, i guess they're all like middle-aged chubby white guys yeah yeah it, and it's i was like kind yeah, of, it's out. kind of fantastic um yeah, and the guy uh, they kill is like you're just like why would he ever have thought he could have st- he could have fought crime <laughs> like he's well because they have fucking guns well. <laughs> yeah um and then from there like I, I don't know if i if i captured every scene in my notes but i did write a lot of notes but um we do get of course the, the dense scene where he disarms uh uh one of one of the mobsters uh, henchmen who tries to shoot him I don't know why his gun doesn't seem to work. It seems like uh, because perfectly... it's uh, they they make reference to it. It's made of uh, like polymers, like it's plastic, and so when he fires oh, it, the oh, the, so the, the fire pin just doesn't work. Yeah, and makes so sense. he so said he's that's... like, if you want to kill a public servant, 
by American. By American. That's a kind of a good line. It it's, is. It's, but it's one of those lines where you're just like, in real life, this would never happen. <laughs> of course not. It's but so, again, we're, it's such we're a in a comic movie. book world. I want to, I want to, can I treat the witness as a hostile? I'll show you hostile. It's like, that's your comeback. Ah, wait for that line. Thank God. Yeah. I, he told me not to do it. I couldn't kill you unless I made a pun. Another scene that I like a lot. Or like also, uh, Julie Roberts' brother, Eric Roberts, as uh, the new crime boss. Oh, uh, yeah. After Falcone is uh, is made insane in Batman Begins. And just perfect. What, what a treat Eric Roberts is. Yeah. <laughs> just like the sleaziest human being alive. Yeah. Him, him and like the, I don't know, is he... Like Russian, like the other bomb mobster is great. I, yeah, that guy's that guy's voice is I don't know. His whole behavior. He, he sounds where like he's, he's like my dogs are hungry. Like I just love him in every scene. He sounds like he's like a so Russian good. version of Scarface. <laughs> like I know he's it's doing wonderful. like a really bad uh, Albertino I mean, impersonation. And we've already covered this a little bit, but I, there's, there's there's plenty of things to complain about. But can we just fucking talk about? how good the casting in is in this movie like i mean christian bale you could argue he's the best batman or not i don't know i wouldn't even have a dog in the fight yeah christian christian bale is a good actor yeah so regardless of whether he's like the best batman he commits hard to all these i think he does a good job as batman because there's one thing you actually want in a batman movie which is batman to not be anything like batman needs to be kind of like a blank slate that the movie is put on that's you know what fair. i mean because i don't that's interesting you know okay. what i mean it's like there's not a lot you can get from a dude who's like yeah i'm insane and i dress like a bat and fight crime it's like yeah i've got his motivation i will say regardless of how you feel about him as a batman character he is the best bruce fucking wayne he's such a piece of shit when he's bruce wade it's perfect like no. he's just no. such george a slime ball george clooney until the end well, so. is good clooney is good but but because he's a real sort of <laughs> yeah that helps he's um, just playing himself Heath Ledger Joker, obviously we've talked successfully yes. about it. He's just fantastic. Aaron Eckhart, I liked him a lot when I saw him in Thank You for Smoking. And yeah. so I was really excited to see him in this. And I love him as Dan. He's even when he has to like yell, he can go yeah. from like quiet to loud really well. Um, Michael Caine as Alfred might be my favorite Alfred, even if he sounds kind of absurd uh sometimes. Oh yeah. Um, when he tells the story about the the diamond guys or whatever. My oldest brother will all the time say <laughs> holding a ruby the size of a tangerine because he just says it so <laughs> weird and he'll say it like apropos of nothing my brother will just say it out of nowhere it always makes me laugh when he's home and he does it because it is the most That's absurd Bruce. line reading yeah. but then you've got uh you know gary oldman uh doing gordon it's just brilliant i mean I, lucius fox isn't like is, is, i'm sorry I, i've always been hazy on this is that an actual person or is Lucian, that made up for the movies no uh he was a character that appeared later in the comics and was in the cartoon. He basically is the guy who runs Wayne Enterprises. Gotcha. And they did sort so of I, a similar I, so- story in the comics as it is in Batman Begins. They like went back and did a thing where like Batman comes back and there's somebody's taken over Wayne Enterprise and they're like a shitty person. Gotcha. And he replaces them with with Fox because Fox is like a genuinely nice person who was really good friends with his father and was like just a like a good guy and he was like a super inventor. They that that was later put in too that he like helps um, him so but another uh, the, all the mafia bosses are just fucking yeah each fantastic. one of them's like just like a great character the, the crazy the, you, you never talk to really any of the um the joker like henchmen except that one that's in the police uniform that they catch and that guy couldn't look 
more like someone who would like Couldn't look more batshit insane yeah he's perfect for that they picked that one guy to be the one that they kind of give like a face and a name uh and a voice to he's such a good like twisted like looking like he's like halfway on heroin half out of his mind like it's just perfect um all that, all, uh, with all that aside, uh, there is an interesting casting in here that I did not pick up on during my first like two times I watched this. Do you know there is a uh, current sitting senator in this movie? Yeah, he's been in every Batman movie. Yeah, Senator Leahy, who's I just recently watched him pulling some fucking bureaucratic like crazy nonsense in the Ka- Kavanaugh hearings. This guy is like right now kind of like center stage senator in terms of the world of politics because of his involvement in a bunch of committees so to see him delivering lines in this batman movie and then to realize that he's in like all of them yeah is very weird he loves he's like obsessed with batman i i want to see i guess it's batman forever is the first one he's in then he was in batman and robin then he was in the dark as himself in batman and robin which is insane and then he's in the dark knight rises and he's in batman dawn of batman versus superman he's one of the senators at the hearing He's also apparently voiced a character or two, a small ones, in some of the animated films. Too. Yeah, I guess he just really, really, really loves Batman. Like he's That's all, great. he's loved him That's since. That's so cool. And I think he's friends with Joel Schumacher. And I think he was just like, "Can I? Yeah, can I be in the movies?" And they were just like, "Sure." It's <laughs> fucking crazy. Um, and I, yeah, so I just wanted to call that casting. Um, you know who else that is, is, ver- is in this movie? Everybody's favorite um, old '80s heartthrob, Anthony Michael Hall. Oh yeah, Anthony Michael Hall. He plays the um, the, the news. Newscaster. Yeah, yeah. Which is yeah. I, I always just enjoy seeing. Uh... Yeah, surprisingly good casting. Um, just to run down some of the famous scenes in this movie, because everyone could probably uh, there's a lot of this movie you could probably like recall in memory pretty well because of how well they were shot and done. Um, one we haven't mentioned so far is like the round table of gangsters uh, in the kitchen when they're discussing what they're going to do about um, the money that's about to be seized and about you know Batman and Joker first shows up doing that laugh where he's like ha ho he ha yeah that weird really that weird. weird that that scene laughing. is very like you're like what the fuck is happening <laughs> it's magic like I, I he's fucking he does magic in that like that part is insane but then like the scene like he, the way he does everything in that scene is amazing like his like magic trick he does uh when he kills spawn's bodyguard <laughs> yeah also, it's not really spawn it's gamble but it's the guy who played spawn in that terrible movie he's also rocking what i didn't realize until recently is like a midwest chicago accent Oh, I don't know what the fuck he's supposed to be doing with his. Weird. Well, he's doing his Tom Waits, which I don't. Know if you've <laughs> that's that's a pretty good. <laughs> no, I'm serious. There's there's a video um, uh, out there that is it, it will absolutely fucking flip your flip your lid lid if you haven't heard it before. Look up Tom Waits Australia 1979. It's an interview he gave when he was on like some television show. And he is smoking through the entire interview. He's wearing a hat weird. And he's talking about his flight. And it is it is the most one-to-one Joker in Dark Knight you've ever seen in your life. And I, 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 I think people have talked about how it was an inspiration maybe even. I don't I know. Don't know. I I've that. never heard that. But that is pretty. He is it is very... the most Tom Waits thing I've ever of him in that fucking movie. It's insane. Tom Waits <laughs> is very weird. and I, I Especially feel like it in that perfect. scene. 
because he also just has things where someone like calls him crazy and he's like i'm not like he's almost like yeah, upset he gets like annoyed by like the fact that they're even though he knows it i think I yeah think he's like he's like this... don't because like, i think in his mind in the way that they portray him is the same way he kind of is in the comics now which is like the joker doesn't th- he knows people are crazy he doesn't think he's crazy he thinks right. everybody else is because nobody else sees how terrible life is and he's the only one who can see it and so he's going to make everybody else crazy in the sense that they see the world for what it really is and which I, is also a good way to do comic book interpretations because that whole thing you just described is the plot of the killing joke everyone's favorite yeah. joker batman comic to quote but most of the time directors say i wanted to just do the killing joke but that's well, Fine. I think they I think they missed the point. I think a lot of people read the killing joke and kind of missed the the subtext, which is the Joker's trying to prove that anybody can become crazy. Which and, is exactly and, what he does with Dent in this movie. Yeah, and which is sort of the thing he gives Batman at the end of like he says is, you know, all it takes is a little push. And he's he's sort of saying is he's like everybody thinks they're better than me because I'm I'm crazy and they're better than you because you're crazy. But nobody realizes you're just one fucking bad day away from being me. Like, that's right. all it takes engin- is one terrible day and you can And if he up- can engineer that bad day and and prove his point. Yeah, exactly. No, it's and, and, and bring someone into the quote unquote joke. Yeah, um, and, and one of the things that's been the long running, which is like, you know, the big debate is at the end of the killing joke, does Batman kill Joker or not? Right. Because the whole point is... And it's they they do it. In, Can he push Batman too? Yeah, because that's sort yeah. of if you've ever read The Dark Knight Returns, that's sort of when the Joker appears. At the end, the Joker kills himself because he's just like, you could never do it. All I ever wanted was for you to kill me. Like he his whole thing is like, I wanted to push you far enough that you did the one thing you would never say you did because then I would win, and you couldn't even do it. You could never kill me. So every person I've ever killed is your fault because you could have killed me at any point in time and saved all these people's lives. Right. And it's like that's sort of what he wants, and it's I think that's what makes the Joker kind of interesting is he just wants to prove that the Batman and him are the same person, and I think they that's do a- that in this really well, which is as the Joker kind of points out is like his whole thing is he's just trying to send a message. He he, this isn't for money, this isn't for fame. He just wants right, to prove to everybody. Yeah. yeah, he just wants to prove to everybody yeah. that the way things are is super fucked up. And the speech he gives to Dent. When he's in there, where he's like, you know, yeah. if I said that a gangbanger was going to die or a truck full of soldiers was going to get blown up, nobody would react because that's just commonplace. But I say I'm going to kill the mayor and everybody freaks out. And it's like... Well, know, he, he makes the point that I'm going to kill a mayor. Yeah. And it's like, it, it be, but the, 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 the ambiguity to the, to the act gives it um, the, uh, the element of chaos that really drives people crazy. Yeah. Um, but just to run down some of these these scenes here, because I just want to talk about a few of these moments in this movie. We talked about this in, I think, the mini episode. Um, that, and I'm I'm torn on this because I do agree with you that it's not necessary, but I also disagree with you because I fucking love it. Which is the scene where they they bring back is it Lin? I think uh, the the Japanese uh, mobster. Yeah, where, uh, yeah, where he goes to China. They're in Hong Kong, yeah. Oh yeah, I'm sorry. Because yeah. China will never, China will never extradite one of their own. That's his whole plan. Yeah, and and so they 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 they, they, they travel to China uh, and and confront him and you know launch an EMP and then he does his like fucking bombs and flying in and all this all all his gadget based stuff. It's just like it's just so much fun. It's so much fun. Even rewatching it, and having knew exactly where it was going to go. Is it necessary to move the movie forward? 
No. I, <laughs> I don't you, think it you, is. I, I would have much preferred... It's a real um, Black Panther situation for me, where it's like, I, I like the scene and it's fine, but I would have much preferred they cut it out and given me more of something else. Like, I, I would have sure. liked that they just gave me more Joker in the movie. And I don't think I can bring myself to say it. The scene is like I just 15 like it. minutes, almost like 15 it's long. to 20 yeah. minutes long, and it's like, wow, you really didn't need this in a two-hour-plus movie. Um, something else really really hilarious to note here is that... Um, <laughs> is that they they travel to China and they show lots of him, you know, they show him on the boat with the whole ballerina team and then getting on a, like, old World War II bipl- like, fucking yeah. cargo plane or whatever the fuck that thing is. And then they cut to him, you know, uh, they cut to Fox in, in China and traveling all the way up to the top of the skyscraper. And when he goes out on the balcony to meet, meet, um, to meet uh, Lao, I just had to look it up. Yeah. Um, to meet Lao, um, that's Chicago. <laughs> Jesus. That's McCormick Place. <laughs> we get it. You live no, in Chicago. I just, I just thought it was fucking hilarious because they're like they're they didn't want to fly scene. anyone else out to and China. And then they, he walks into this porch, and I'm like, that's like the fourth story of like some place downtown. Like, that's a really disappointing. I, I like, like the idea that they were just like, we can't fly <laughs> Morgan Freeman it. and Christian <laughs> Bale to China. <laughs> we'll just go down the street to McCormick Place and film this. Yeah, they're like, um, we'll send the B team to Hong Kong get some exterior shots. Then you have uh, the the fundraiser scene uh, up in uh, uh, I, I guess I think it's oh yeah it is it is um, Wayne's penthouse because he's got the panic I love that panic room scene where he's like oh thank God you have a panic room click <laughs> which be like what the fuck I also would say though even if it was just a panic room those people didn't deserve to get in they were sleep they were fucking in his bed man that's not cool it's not cool at anyone's party no if you're gonna fuck like just like you know bend over the sink or something in the bathroom don't get in his bed <laughs> if post can teach you anything from yeah this if you get anything from this podcast through all 60 plus episodes it's make sure you fuck somewhere you can clean up easy in somebody else's ass you want to play the I... no sound effect <laughs> no i'm just getting ready for our film art to record our episode of of party fucking with pokes <laughs> it also has a theme song in the house tonight yeah it's like party rocking but party uh party fucking um so another another thing i want to come up that comes up up here in the movie is um reese and his attempt to blackmail uh yeah. bruce wayne what do you think of that little like mini plot uh <laughs> um it's very pointless other than the fact they need it to happen it's like yeah, but again, it's silly, kind of fun. but i do I enjoy love him it being like because you, it kind of answers the question that you would ask, which is like, how would no one notice this? Like, that's like a that's like a comment we would make on this podcast. Is like, yeah. how would no one at Wayne Enterprises notice this? And the movie's like, okay, fine, this guy noticed. Like, and so I like that not only they do that, but then because he does a reveal, the Joker realizes he can use that as ammunition for his plan, and it kind of brings it into the plot. So I think honestly, it's a pretty good write-in. Yeah, yeah, I also love. Uh, when he goes to get the thing from Lucius and Morgan Freeman's reply, where he's just like, you know, he's like, so you think your, <laughs> your client, one of the richest <laughs> men in the world, spends his evenings dressed as a bat beating criminals to a pulp, and your plan is to blackmail this person? And it is, like, <laughs> such a great point to be like, why yeah. would anybody be this dumb? And then, like, that guy's realization to be like, oh, my God, what am I thinking? Yeah, because you you have to fight Batman, who's a vigilante who answers yeah. to no one, yeah, and then the other side the is Bruce Wayne, who arguably has the greatest superpower, 
money. Yeah. He's a white rich man in the United States. You're fucked. <laughs> You're fucked. You're fucked, my man. Um, another scene I wanted to go through real quick here is uh, the, the funeral for, is it the police chief? Yes. Yeah, yeah, Logue. Yes. Um, it, it's, it's, I love that shot. Uh, the, the the sequence filmed again downtown uh, in front of I think the Board and Trade building, but I love that it's this huge chaotic scene. It reminds me of one of my favorite scenes from uh, The Fugitive when they like he when uh, uh, he slips away into like the the St. Patrick's Day parade or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like it's just like this, this super chaotic moment. There's too much to look at, and the last moment you see like the um, un unmakeup Joker, which I gotta around. say is can I just say this way scarier yeah. than the Joker face? <laughs> yeah. Totally way it's scarier than the Joker face. Very jarring. I was not, like, the first time I saw it, I was like, oh, God, put the weird clown makeup back on. Him him turning, um, and this is a total dumb note, but I noticed this, and I, I would only bring it up because you're here on this podcast with me, Pogues. Um, they're shooting M1 Garands, aren't they? Yes. That's what you can use. You load a, can you load a blank cartridge into those? Yeah, you can load a blank into any gun, actually. Okay. They're, uh, the bullet just has no bullet on the end. It's just the case. Right, right, right. But yeah, that's actually um, what they used to do 21-gun salutes for... Interesting, didn't mm-hmm. I? Um, yeah. There's a lot, of, a lot of fine detail in this movie. But mm-hmm. but yeah, the the sequence of them shooting and then shooting and then like the third shot, he catches eyes with them and he turns and he smiles and fires. It's a really it's a really terrifying sequence. Like It's a very well-shot, chaotic mess. Uh, yeah, um, and then like he just basically drops his gun and disappears into like a stream of all of these thousands of police officers all wearing the exact same uniform. And he creates the chaos that he meant to create because even like after that sequence is done, they're loading, uh, uh, they're loading like Dent and they're loading a Rachel into like cars and getting them out of there. Uh, and they're, you know, the commissioner has been quote unquote shot. Um, and then like, even while it's happening, you're hearing more gunfire in the background. Like who knows who's getting shot back there? Yeah. Yeah. Or if the like, Joker has extra people or, or what? just sort of like the idea of like, you know, that sort of thing would always result in like extra chaos. And like, I love that scene where they're like, they start yelling for everybody to get them and the cops that are like in the front row, just pull out their guns and start shooting people in the leg. So they can't yeah. run away. It's like, you're like, Jesus Christ. Cause that's how they catch that guy is some dude just walks up and like puts his pistol like into the dude's leg i'm like that's super unsafe man there's a giant artery <laughs> it's true it's but true. and that's why he's in the ambulance and everything and you get sort of dense first um like the signs that something's you know there's more to dent that he's not just the good guy that he yeah he wants to stop the mob and he really will go to any means if he needs to and yeah and he takes that guy and he pushes him and it, it, it proves that we're not taking some boy scout and just snapping him. Yeah. Like he is that there was something so, else there. Yeah. He so aggressively positioned himself. And it's really interesting because ultimately he, he makes a dent makes a good character, um, alternate to Bruce Wayne because, um, you know, Wayne was a foul piece of shit. And then with no real commitment to anything, no sense of, you know, justice or, 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 or ethics. He's just sort of like a drifting rich piece of garbage. And he experiences, uh, well, he well it's, it happens way earlier in his childhood, but he he, he had experienced loss, well, and yeah. that loss ultimately brings him to come to a sense of justice. And Dent is the the the, the literally poster boy, literal poster boy for justice in Gotham, who experiences loss and goes the other way, which yeah, I think is, and I think it's sort of like interesting is it's like like Batman sort of points out is Bruce Wayne and Harvey Dent could not be like more different people. Like in, right. the, but Bruce Wayne, you know, the, the long running thing is like Bruce Wayne's actually the alter ego of Batman. Like that's his hidden, that's who he pretends to be when he's not Batman. So he, yeah. you know, he plays this role, but then he is also like, he's 
that different version of Batman, which is like Batman's so up for justice, he's going to go break this dude's face. You know, he's going to go like cripple a guy so he can never commit a crime again. Where Dent's like, I'm so up for justice, I can't break the law. Like the law is what matters, and I'm going to uphold it, and I'm going to I'm going to stop these people because that's sort of his thing. Is he keeps wanting to stop the mob, and that's at the end. He's like, you know, I I thought we could be decent people and do things the right way, but we live in a time where you know you can't do that. The law doesn't actually protect anyone anymore, and that's like kind of his speech at the end to show that how far he's fallen as he's given up on his ideals. In that really not great scene, yes. <laughs> Yeah, no, I, th- I think I think you're, you're you're really right. Uh, something I wanted to talk about before I forgot about it. Um, what do you think about the Batcave uh, in this, uh, which is basically that like white, you know? Oh yeah, like steel that place that has like pizza furnaces in the box. <laughs> yeah, but I don't know. I guess it was like an old foundry or something, but it's very weird. I I I, I thought about it more like when watching this one, and I realized that I liked it a lot because it is always kind of the stupidest thing in the world that if you're secretly a playboy you know millionaire uh in your day job and then at night you're this vigilante and you want to make sure that those two things never overlap why build a bat-shaped fortress in your fucking basement like it just do seems... you know why he's in this did you hear the piece of dialogue that explains why he's in this like little foundry uh it's like one of their properties it's they're still rebuilding the wayne manor after uh rachel cool burned it down and batman begins and while they're uh, building it, they're actually building, they're putting in the stuff for the Batcave. Because he even says, he says, I can't wait till the mansion's finished so you can uh, skip sleeping in the condo for sleeping in the mansion or something. Yeah, I forgot about that. And so, Damn it. Yeah, so, and that's how, in, in Dark Knight Rises, remember, there is a Batcave. Yeah, there is. Yeah. And I, but I, I like, I honestly I like thought this it was more, be, I didn't like it. This makes more sense uh, to me because if you're going to have a secret cave, Putting it in an industrial sector is the best fucking idea. Those places are goddamn ghost towns all the time. It is no one's ever there after like working hours. It would be a great place for you to like take large vehicles out <laughs> and, and and like and enter without being seen. It'd be very it's a very intelligent place to put a base. And I kinda like the weird I don't know, this this sort of like a they shoot a lot of this movie in the dark, which is why in the earlier part of this episode i called it a noir because it is kind of a noir story because it's less about some like i don't know some some laser that's going to pull the moon into the earth it's it's more about you know of like these it's, it's probably the most kind of grounded it's the most grounded of these batman films it's grounded and it's all about trying to sort of chase this criminal who you have to follow through like fucking clues you have to follow yeah. his like weird and i mean his like weird some of his plots of are a little unrealistic but for the sure. most part they are like you're like yeah i could see somebody being able to do that like they but what i'm getting at is it's it's more of a detective story and ba- which is great because a lot of the newer movies do not give batman his detective no label. i mean he could he's supposed to be the world's greatest detective is the name of the comic yeah. Batman, the world's and, greatest detective. In Batman vs. Superman, he could not be a dumber person. He could literally yeah. not be stupider. And most of the current movies, actually, he's just he's just going to punch people, uh, which is, again, persistently one of my least favorite things about modern DC movies. But what I'm getting at is that, like, you know, he spends this movie actually doing detective work. He actually spends it trying to pursue, trying to outwit the Joker. So it is very noir-like. And then even though it's not shot in, you know, black and white, like literally every famous noir was, the whole movie is often shot at night. Many of the scenes are because he's Batman. 
Um, and a lot of the scenes like this have these like stark white lights and like with dark corners and stuff like that. So there is like a, a cinematographer, a cinematographical thing going on where it's trying to like line up lots of shadows and white lights and black, like, you know, uh, um, undertones. But I think it's just like an awesome, like uh, 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 extra piece on what's already like a well-structured movie. Yeah, I think there's the cinematography in the direction. Look, I went to film cool. school for a little bit. Give me a break. <laughs> I haven't used the term Dutch tilt yet, but I will. I don't think there is a Dutch tilt in this movie, thankfully. Um, <laughs> um, uh, the other thing I wanted, uh, uh, oh, just, just because we're, you know, this is going to be a long one, but but talking about the uh, the, the chase sequence, uh, I think it's also a pretty famous one. Yeah, that's a uh, great I, chase. I think, uh, yeah, it's fantastic. With Dent in the SWAT vans and their... Uh, they're ramming him off like the like uh, lower Wacker Drive into the river, and there uh, there's the truck with the uh, what is it the uh, the slaughter the cure for yeah it says the cure for, is... the cure for what ails you is laughter and he spray paints slaughter right. over it or something or it's something like, like laughter is good for you I forget what it is g- giggling at that one in the uh, in the fucking I also love the when they first get into the truck to drive the uh, it's like an armored tr- like a I don't know what yeah. paddy wagons are actually called. You're not supposed to call them that because it's, like, racist. But whatever those are called, prisoner transports, um, the guy gets in and the passenger is like, I hope you oh, got some moves, ball, man. And then the driver doesn't guy. talk. Yeah, and then the, yeah. the driver doesn't talk. And they cut back to them in the the car, like, all the time. And the dude in the passenger seat is constantly talking, but with no yeah. reply to the point where, like, they do the reveal that it's Gord. It's like, yeah, no shit. The dude didn't talk. Like, who wouldn't yeah. speak when the person next to them will not shut up? I do like that guy, though, too, because, you know, I think a lot of movie cops, you know, I'm not saying cops aren't, like, uh, 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 encounter lots of situations where they, they need to be brave. But I imagine if you're a cop, this shit would blow your fucking mind oh like, you would not compared to what this. happens compared to what happens on you on a normal basis like this shit's insane so i like that that's exactly how it's treated by i mean you don't get a lot of other cops but that guy in particular oh, my favorite that guy my gives... favorite little note is like when he pulls the when he pulls the cargo door open and they start shooting at the truck he's like don't worry it's bill for that uh, or someone says that and they cut back and the joker who's just like pulling a bazooka or a rocket launcher out and the guy in the passenger goes what the fuck is that a bazooka i just that's the exact that guy, reaction you should have <laughs> that guy has hands down the best line readings the one where they when they come up they've shot like these cables across that catch this helicopter he's like and the helicopter hits it and starts yeah. falling he's like that's not good that's <laughs> not good it's just the way he says it it's like it's so understated for watching a helicopter crash yeah it's like um, a real, like, weird pausing, like, Christopher Walken-esque, like, reading of That's Not Good. Also, we'd like to cover this when we can. Um, Batman killed people in this scene. Because <sighs> while, it is, while it is a very, very cool scene... Oh, you're telling he, me that guy in the trash truck died? <laughs> when he rams the trash truck... That dude, that dude is so dead. There's no way he lives it's through that. It's such a good scene. And the fact that they shot that and most of this with practical effects is, I mean, you have to give them like heaps of praise yeah. for what it. What I think is hilarious though is, is like, it's definitely one of those movie, like moments in a movie where you're just like, um, that, that guy is dead, but then he can't kill the Joker. And you're like, no, you literally just killed a guy like yeah. 15 yeah. seconds ago. Also, you blew up a ton of parked cars. They could have had a person inside of them. Yeah, you never bothered to check, check. 
Someone could be napping in any one of those cars. Yeah, somebody could be living in them, man. It's Gotham. People are down on their luck. Um, we also have him turning the Rumbler into the Bat Bike, which I don't even know. Is that think of a name? I don't even know. I think it's called uh, the Bat Cycle. The Bat Cycle. I which think. Is, which, is, which is great because while this movie is super restrained in being like, this is a very realistic Batman, it's also like, well... As much as it's going to be realistic, you got to get Batman stupid fucking gadgets and cars. Like, it kind of is a huge part of his character. So I'm glad. Like, I, I don't know how you feel about the bike, but I love it because you need it. It's it, it's it's an extra bit of escalation to his his character that uh, is otherwise very restrained movie. Um, but that bike also rolls through. I, I only bring it up. I'm not trying to harp on this, but I only bring this up because we talked about this either on the mini or off. I can't remember. But um, when he famously drives that car like through a door and then into like a building and then out again, uh, you were surprised when I told you that that was a food court. <laughs> yeah, I thought it was like an Apple store, the way it's lit. It's very weird. Yeah, that is the Millennium Station food court. Uh, uh, it's, it is as weird as it looks. It's like, uh, it's like a, a sharp uphill with lots of wavy walls and ceilings. Um, but yeah, that is a 100% of food court in a train station. <laughs> Tons of people died. Also, it's called the Bat Pod Cycle, according to the Ooh, internet. That's worse than what I said. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Bat Cycle suddenly sounds less stupid. Uh, la- last, last location note: um, when they flipped the truck, um, mm-hmm. I didn't notice it when I first saw it because I was watching the truck flip. But now that I've seen this movie three times, I was looking around as I do with all the movies. Um, there's a sign in the background, uh, a store in the background that says "Sweet Home Chicago." <laughs> So they oh, missed that come one. Come <laughs> on, guys, get it together. Which I only point out because um, when they filmed, they filmed some um, pre. Is it Dark Knight Rises? Uh, they filmed something either for the new Batman movies or maybe it was Dark Knight Rises in Chicago. And to do it, they took one of our L stop stations and they reconfigured all the signage to say Gotham on it and to have a map of Gotham's transit city like um uh, map and they also had like they changed like a bunch of logos that say CTA for Chicago Transit Authority to GTA yeah for, um and they did that in like on like a Tuesday I remember this because I used to live up in that area they did it on a Tuesday and then for like the four or five days they were shooting it remained that way so if you got off at what was a thought a stop that you remembered it was now like like Crimson River or something You're like what is this like <laughs> where am I um I thought that was like, the fact that they went through like the effort for that, but then like one of the most famous shots in the movie just says "Sweet Home Chicago" in the background, just cracked me the hell up. Oh, okay, all right, I'm done. I'm done with the location talk. Um, so the the the, the last stuff I think we're going to wrap up is the sort of Joker's revenge plot coming to fruition, which I felt was like there's no this is the movies movies in like the. I don't know, there was like a time period where like the Bond movies did this and this movie did this where they like the, the villain's plot was so fucking convoluted and so based on a million pieces of complete chance. Yeah, yeah, there's that, no actual plan. Like, cause when the Joker the Joker is captured after this scene actually, he's captured because he's um the the Batman defeats him, which again doesn't seem like something he expected to have happen. Because he's like he knows the Batman's going to interfere with his attempt to kill Dent, but um, uh, and maybe he anticipated getting to killing him, but he can't have anticipated for sure that the Batman was not going to just like net him or something, you know? Yeah. But he gets he gets captured. He may, he does or maybe doesn't know that Gordon's alive. I have no idea. 
But he gets put into prison. There's the, the great interrogation sequence. And the only reason that he gets out of the interrogation room is that he's able to taunt that, a guard. That scene like, to me is the most insane because why is he in the room with him? It's a locked room. Just yeah. why isn't he back in his cell? Or why isn't he just in the room by himself? You don't stand there and watch him. Right. It's very and, and, weird. And then it also seemed that nobody was also helping to guard him. Yeah, there was nobody because, outside. Because they showed like 30 cops on the other side of the glass watching the interrogation. And I guess all but that one left. Yeah. And I only bring it up because the ba- the Joker would have had to have known that to have happened. It, it's so absurd that his entire plan is based on somehow getting to make... I mean, I guess he could have had any plan to make a phone call. Right. He's, it's like a, such a calamity of errors that you're just like, seriously? And the, it's, a, it's, yeah, it's a bit much. And then, like, the cop's going to beat him up. And it's like, I, I get that the cop would be mad, but, like, I feel like I, after, I, after Gordon specifically say, pointed out to be like, don't do anything to him because otherwise they'll be able to get him off. I will say to, to that point, though, the movie does give uh, uh, Heath some of the best lines there to actually is it like most of the time when like a villain's gonna taunt like someone like a guard in a fight he's be like ah like yeah it's something really dumb come fight me you're dumb but he's like he gives that speech about how he likes to use knives because you can see a person's like true like personality come out like really know them and he's like do you want to know which ones of your friends were cowards like ooh, that is a good taunting line like that really that really would have probably I, that would do it like i mean yeah yeah <laughs> definitely that would that would really piss somebody off but it is like so, and then he like the scene where he calls and the bomb goes off. Everyone in that room is like hit with glass and is knocked unconscious, but him. That also feels like a huge chance. Yeah, <laughs> like I feel like I, mean, I was like, um, what if a piece of glass is embedded in your skull? Like you're, which I guess is sort of the thing. Maybe he's chaos. I just thought it was like the plan is, and then like even the end plan with the ferry boats is like. I don't know. I guess, like I said, it's supposed to be the idea that he's chaos because he straight up is. There's a chance Dent just shoots him in the head. Yeah, when they're in the hospital of... and he gives him the gun and he's like, "I'm gonna flip a coin." It's like, dude, you're really taking a chance here. This is a real fifty-fifty. That's could really that backfire. scene though. I think that thing that scene really does play to the fact that he doesn't almost maybe doesn't care if his plan works. I guess. Or not. I guess if he did kill him, regardless, he still wins. Because, yeah, again, it's the same because Batman Dent, thing. Dent, Dent has yeah. fallen, which is his whole Dent. plan, is that he wants Dent, exactly. he wants to show that yeah. even Gotham's best person can fall. So I think that's actually part of his plan. Um, something that's made fun of on the internet a lot, which I recently discovered and enjoyed, is that the fact that, and it's really, in, when you watch it in context of the movie, it's because Dent is waking up from what I assume is a drug-induced sleep, but when he wakes up and Joker's there in his you know nurse outfit, uh, he looks right at the Joker, who's wearing like a, a, a surgical mask, and then he takes the mask off, and then he freaks out. Yeah, and people have been making fun of that, like you didn't, you didn't know that was. There. You couldn't tell from the nose up that you had really weird. It's like the ugliest nurse in the world. <laughs> I also love that that fucking costume, his speech here, and then the resulting like like failure to for the the bomb to go all the way off is yeah. all just like very good joker moments that well you know that's like... that's actually true yeah i that do they built it's, that uh... thing and they blew it up and it just stopped and but they only had one take because they were destroying a building so he just kept clicking the thing to see if it would go back off and that's why when it explodes he like genuinely takes off because they're like oh um... shit it's not you know he was supposed to already be in the van by the time it started blowing up so it's a great Sorry. moment that he stayed in character 
I have to do it one more time. Uh, the, 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 just because I love it. The, uh, and, I, and I didn't know this because I don't actually know where this is or anything. That's an old, like, fucking candy factory. <laughs> that they Isn't blow that great? up? Yeah, it's really? not a hospital. Yeah, it's an old candy well, I factory. I think it wasn't a real up. hospital, but yeah, it's impressive. But I did not realize. I thought it was all CGI. I, maybe you told yeah. me, or it might have been the guy at work told me that story, that it was actually real, and that's why he has, like, that weird reaction when it starts exploding again, and he kind of is just like, whoop, and runs away really fast, because it was like... Yeah. And that you can see a dude in the back of the bus when he jumps in, the guy, like, closes the door and, like, pulls something down, and it's a ballistic blanket. So to cover up oh, Heath shit. Ledger, so that if anything yeah. comes through the van, it won't hit him. And I was like, oh, shit! So... Yeah, that's, uh, it's an old, uh, uh, I don't know how uh, like the the Brock's candy factory. Oh, really? Interesting. Yeah, I, I know it's really funny that that, that is, it's the Joker blowing up a candy factory. Something feels so right about that. Do you think um, it, like wherever that was smelled like candy, or do you think it smelled like asbestos? <laughs> it's a very interesting question because we do have a problem. There is a giant brownie factory uh, right by the river, and when the wind catches, you smell brownies for like twenty miles. No oh yeah, what a, what a problem your town has. Well, we also have a high crime rate, but you know. See, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you were the mur- murder capital of uh, we're, like North America. We're also America. declared a national emergency on a regular basis, but yes, yeah, sometimes it smells like brownies. So that's pretty good. Which is a real bummer as a non-brownie fan. So I got that going for me, which is nice. Um, there is a part uh, of our town where there's a bread factory, and it just smells like warm bread. It's pretty great to drive by it. <laughs> that that does sound pretty good. Um, so here's the last well, one of the last things I want to talk about. Um, I, I didn't I didn't quite get this when I watched it the first time, and I've slowly grown to hate it more and more. I don't give even half of a metric fucking inch of a shit about the back computer. I just oh. the the phone thing. Like they present like I've tapped into every phone in Gotham, and now I'm going to find the Joker. And Lucius is like, "My God, what have you done?" And I'm like, "I don't, I don't." care like i i mean i don't why is this such a huge line like it just seems because i mean he's literally spying what's insane is like people are like this is so fucked up and it's like you mean the thing that the real government does to like the government can turn on anyone's phone this is a thing that already exists he didn't invent it he just turned them all off totally but i'm also just like for lucius to be like how could you have done this i'm like you invent explosion guns for me you this, invent this is chainsaw on, hands for me this i is get spying that there's on everybody though that's the problem but, what i find great is people try to justify it like the idea when they're like well batman did it because it's like his um burning down the forest like the story that michael kane sure. tells it's like how he beat him was they just burned the forest down so it's like this is their this is batman's like step so far that he's willing to like and it's like no because he started building this before he heard that story <laughs> This was always yeah. just his plan. I think after he heard yeah. the story, he was like, oh, this is guess, kind of a dick I move. Just, I gotta build a failsafe into this. There's no scene earlier that like establishes that Batman would be against uh, invasion of privacy. Like, I don't know. It yeah. just seems like such a weird left turn. Well, and then Lucius is so, like, I resign. I'm like, okay. Like, it, I don't... It also feel feels like, like... I don't, don't get it. It also feels weird because... Um, you can't really hear anyone. Like the thing's just playing thousands of vocal things all at the same right. time. The computer picks out the Joker, not Lucius. It's like he's like flipping through every phone call. So it's like he has a have... mountain of data that's like hunting for a specific thing. Yeah, so, it's yeah, very. I just... Then also, Lucius is like, "I'm done forever." I'm like, okay. I do love the when Batman's giving his his voiceover about like 
they're talking about they're like sometimes people deserve like when or it's uh commissioner gordon's given like his speech at the end yeah and he's like talking about like why batman's running he's like sometimes people deserve to have their faith like rewarded it's like no 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 all the time people (laughs) people should always don't you're basically saying that like i only have to occasionally reward people for thinking the police are doing the right thing it's so weird like his argument is basically just like Sometimes you gotta let these idiots think everything's okay and validate it for them. But it's so weird, because that's like when Lucius is typing in his name and it blows up the computer. But it was just so... I love his ending line, because it's just like, yeah, life's real shitty. Only occasionally should people be rewarded for their hard work and <laughs> moral activity. <laughs> Not all the time, though. That's that's real dumb. I've always loved that line, because it's just so funny. It always gets me to be like, wow. And there's a couple of lines in this movie where um, his British accent comes out. I don't know if you've noticed that. No, people t- tell me that all the time with other characters that are British doing American, and I, I rarely ever seem to notice it. Yeah, there's one where it's like real bad when he's when he yells. He's like when he says they knew when he says we, they knew we were coming. His like accent comes out when he says it. And I guess they're just like fuck it. He's he's a British <laughs> Commissioner Gordon. Who cares? Um. Well, I, I think we we kind of covered a lot of like the finale and the I guess like the the whole clown hostage thing is cool. It just it feels like a video game. It's really weird. It's just yeah. like especially when he has like the weird three D. Yeah, it's it, just was I I could have gone without that part. Like yeah, it's it, it's not like it's not a huge gripe for me or anything, but it just felt very like um very arcadey, very like sensational like it just but I, I did like the the idea the problem where it's like the SWAT team's there and they're going to shoot all the hostages because of the jokers taped their guns to their hands it's a pretty interesting dynamic but yeah it, it doesn't it doesn't like um it doesn't capture me like some of the other uh uh scenes in this movie do it just feels like a big kind of actiony thing which is usually my jam but just not, not in the context of this movie yeah um what do you what do you think of like the uh the good guy prisoner motif that this movie <laughs> posits when there's a boat full of like convicted I, felons and the guy throws say, it out and nobody's mad they're all just like yeah no he did the right thing it's like what? <laughs> i think they're all just kind of stunned uh it's by just it. it's kind of weird because it's like i'm not being like all criminals would be like no we got to kill these innocent people but i feel like just natural human self-preservation would make you be like why would you do that like but everybody's just That's a like, very joker thing of you to say huh i mean like you got no faith i mean yeah those no i have blow up in like, i have no faith in the those blows would blow up in like fucking seconds yeah <laughs> like, like 30 minutes <laughs> i feel like within a moment but I love, somebody would, i love there would have been some amoral guy who was just trying to get off the island was like yeah i'll click that thing i don't give a shit I love the characters that they introduce. Like they introduce basically two major characters from both boats. One is that like business guy who's like, "Oh, I'll fucking do it," uh, and then yeah. he ultimately can't. And the other is like the Green Mile guy. Who yeah, gets Tiny up, Lester. Uh, and gets up and was like, "Let me handle that." But what I liked about that scene is I did I did not expect the prisoner to throw it out the window. So the fact that that's how that goes was cool because I didn't see that coming which which made i think the whole sequence more interesting and so when it oh i is... i knew 100 percent neither one of them was gonna blow up i was like they would not let them put that there would be no way anybody would be like yeah you can leave that in a movie they would have been like yeah, no you all... can't do that in a batman movie he fails and 300 innocent I people said, are murdered 
I wasn't thinking about it that way, but yeah, I guess you're right. Yeah, as soon as um, I saw a kid on the one boat, I was like, nope, these people live. <laughs> yeah, these people are good to go. They got they got plot armor. They're all right. Um, uh, yeah, and so I think, I think the last thing I, I, I've already covered was just that I really like the monologue at the end, and I kind of wish the movie would just sort of put a button on it there. Yeah, um, I, I really wish the Two-Face thing, because he's just really underdeveloped, and it's kind of rushed at the end, and then... yeah. His, like, whole thing, I don't know, it, it doesn't, like, really wrap up satisfactory. They basically just, like, tackle him and that's it. And he falls and, his, I guess, dies. His arc is a little bit lopsided. Because, yeah, he like, they, they ramp him up into Two-Face in, like, the final, like, 20 minutes. And he goes all the way from being tortured, a tortured victim to, like, full-on, like, creating this, like, like, like plot. Or creating this, like, like, like criminal plot of, like, convincing the Gordon family or... Yeah, and, to his family and and that's something that I don't really like because like he's like I'm gonna go after Gordon. It's like all right, it's not really his fault. Like he didn't he didn't take you and tie you up. He came to try to save you. He's only been trying to save you. You also know he's like the only honest cop in Gotham, and it's like so your anger at him just seems really, which I guess it's an insanity thing, but it just seems so odd that he's like my greatest revenge will be against killing. A child. Also, rough bake for Barbara in that scene when he's like, Which one of them do you love the most? And he puts the gun over the sun, and that's when he yells. It's like, I'm sure Barbara's like, Wait, I'm not dad's favorite? <laughs> it's like, like, harsh way to find out. Harsh way to find out. Um, yeah, I mean, the, the only other note I didn't get a chance to mention is uh, the mayor is definitely wearing eyeliner in one of the scenes, and I don't nope. know why. Do you want to know why he's not wearing eyeliner? That's the dude from Lost. Uh, I forget what his name is. It's something with like a... He's got like a weird name. Um, He is in Lost, and uh, he's been in a bunch of movies. But he is known... No, I can't find his name in this list. But um, he's known for having like ridiculously dark eyelashes. And apparently that's just the way his eyes look. His name's Nestor Carbonell. He's known for being in huh. Lost in the Batman movies. He was in Bates Motel. Uh, he, he was on a thing I saw one time, and uh, he was talking after Lost because the guy even pointed out, he's like, so those are your natural eyelashes. And he's like, yeah, I just have really thick eyelashes. And he said, I was in a bookstore with my wife, and he said, we're standing in line to buy something for my son for his birthday. And he said, this guy behind me is like, oh, my God, man those things are real and he's like i thought he was talking about my wife's breast because <laughs> she was wearing a really tight top and he turned around and he was like i was getting ready to get really mad and be like what the fuck is wrong with you and the guy's like i can't believe your eyelashes are that big <laughs> so he's just i gotta i gotta admit i'm looking him up now and yeah every shot of him it looks exactly the same like, yeah, yeah wow it, it I, definitely I looks like he's wearing eyeliner he just has really thick eyelashes it's it's really weird but so there you go guys there's a, a fun little not another origin story uh little tidbit about a guy nobody knows because i can only think of two things he's been in that's <laughs> so bizarre i'm just stunned by that one because of like my dumb comment it turns out it's a, it's a whole thing no because like it's like a like a running gag to everybody in hollywood yeah. thinks he's wearing fake eyeliner that's fantastic um shit well that i think uh i think we can finally put i mean it's it's so interesting to do the dark knight because i think i said in the pre in 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 the in the mini episode that I thought that I might not enjoy this movie as much as I did because 
uh, just because of how much it's been sort of glorified over the years, mm-hmm. and then maybe I've 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 started to cool on it. But honestly, just really sitting down to watch it, love it, man. I could I could watch it again right now. I think I could probably watch it again. But I will say, each time I watch it, the ending bothers me more and more. Like I'm just I like, totally get that. It's just such a bummer because I think the rest of the movie is so good that it's just like such a letdown that like the ending's just like and by the way this thing happened it'd be like even like the last 15 minutes of the godfather they just wrapped like they just all of a sudden introduced a uh like yeah. the, the uh the trial that the entire second movie's about and then just wrap it up immediately and you'd be like wow that's weird well um i will say that uh uh i am happy that we we were able to pack this episode with as much commentary as we could because as we've discussed in other episodes, uh, covering movies that are good is the hardest thing to do on yeah. this fucking podcast. <laughs> yeah, when they're, when, especially when it's a movie that we both like. Sometimes we luck out because I'm always willing to play like the curmudgeon and and pick something apart. Uh, but like when we both like it, sometimes it is hard just to be like, you know what's really good is that car chase. You know what else is good is the scene after the car chase. But you know what's even better? <laughs> it's just yeah. like us like talking about things uh, we liked. So yeah, this was actually so, a good episode though as far as... With that note, I highly encourage you listener out there um, who's listening to us wrap this up. Please, please let us know the worst superhero movie you've ever seen because we would like to do that one next. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Post on Facebook at NAOS Pod. Just leave a comment on anything that's up there. If this, if I forget to put a link up for this video or shoot us a message uh, through SoundCloud, uh, anything you want to do, give us a suggestion. We've done a few movies based entirely off the fact uh, friends of ours have been like, hey, you know what movie you should do? And uh, they've introduced us to some possibilities we hadn't thought of or movies we've never heard of. So give us a, a tip as to what you would like to see next, even if it's just a good movie you just want to hear us talk about. Yeah, and I, I highly encourage uh, getting involved because I, there's nothing more entertaining than uh, having us um, be ruthlessly, meticulously annoying and critical of a movie that you either loved or hated. Yeah, it's usually better if you hated it, because otherwise we're yeah. going to come off as dicks, as we learned from the very first episode, where people it's did not find the humor in us mocking the first Batman movie. That movie is mostly about the reporter, and it's really weird. It's so weird, because she's not particularly likable. No. Um, oh, man, I was just thinking about that scene where he breaks that like centerpiece on her fireplace when he's fighting with the Joker. Anyways... We hope you enjoyed this. Uh, I think we both recommend watching this movie if you haven't seen it. You can, of course, find uh, Ben at the Disco Pony on Twitter or Ew. the Strange Log, his podcast or yeah. podcast, his Twitter account that posts uh, patch notes for video games without any context. They're pretty hilarious. You should check it out. Uh, you can fifty k f- followers. Let's do it. There you go. Come on, get him the sixty guys. Quit being so selfish. <laughs> uh, you can find me on Instagram at its pogues if you want to look at some art, uh, superhero and girly art. And if for some reason you want to watch me play video games, it's at pick at pogues on uh, Twitch. I need followers. Uh, nice, <laughs> nice. Wrapping this up with a subtle self plug. Uh, Extra plugs. Next week we'll be back with a mini episode. Uh, we'll tell you what movie's up next and go from there i guess like you do every week remember that medic looks at that guy with a bomb in his chest and just turns and says i think he's got some form of contusion <laughs> no fucking shit you idiot <laughs>